0: about how teams can achieve more by doing less. Krista Grosso, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: John, thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here today.
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Connecticut. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. We're both experiencing some wonderful winter weather uh, and bundling up and trying to stay warm, which is always fun this time of year. Uh, But it is beautiful as long as you can stay safe on the roads. Um, So anyways, it's a great pleasure to have you with me today. We're going to be talking about how teams can achieve more by doing less. And I know that may sound counterintuitive, Um, We're going to pull that apart and really dissect it and try to better understand how we can actually improve efficiencies and productivity and innovation in our teams. As we focus on doing less, as we get started, I wanted to share Krista's bio with everybody. Krista Grasso is the go-to strategic planning and systems expert for online businesses when they want to scale. Known as the business optimizer, Krista has the ability to quickly cut through noise and provide clarity on the core things that will make the biggest impact to scale a business simply and sustainably. She is the founder of The Lean Out Method, creator of the Lean Business Scaling System, and host of the Lean Out Your Business podcast. Again, a pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in?
1: No, I'm excited to just dive right into the conversation.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, let's first start by kind of laying the stage. There are all sorts of types of organizations, all sorts of types of businesses, all different shapes and sizes structures right different industries and sectors so there's clearly a no there's no one size fits all in relation to the question i'm about to ask but with that caveat laid out there uh, on the outset when we think about entrepreneurial activity usually what we're talking about is for profit small business that eventually, hopefully, in in most people's minds, they want it to grow. They want it to scale. So they might have a great idea for a product, for a service. They might have, you know, it may be just them. They may be a solopreneur, but maybe they have a small founding team. As entrepreneurs, they start this thing up and pretty soon, you know, they move from their founding group, maybe up to a dozen employees, up to a couple dozen. Now they're up to 50, up to 100. And you start that scaling process and with it comes, you know the growing pains and and the the strain on maturity uh, and and those sorts of things. So why don't you start by sharing some of your perspective around the biggest types of mistakes that entrepreneurs tend to make when they're going through this scaling process, uh, particularly if they're going through a rapid scaling process?
1: Yeah, it's such a great question because I think every business faces this at some point or another in their journey. And I know for me in my first business, this almost put me out of business, which is why I'm so passionate about helping other businesses with it. But I think the biggest mistake that I see people make is they look at scaling as more because of course you're thinking about I want to reach more people I want to make a bigger impact I want to drive more revenue and those are all very valid but what they do is they do more of everything in their business. And without first taking the time to get really clear on what are the things that you actually want to scale? What are the things that are working that you want to do more of? What are those things you want to amplify? Instead of doing all of the things, it ends up just leading to a lot of overwork, a lot of unnecessary complexity, and they end up scaling noise and complexities instead of scaling the results that they really want to see and really want to repeat. And I see that so commonly, and it was certainly something that I did in my first business but I I sadly am not alone in that journey and I think it's just we get enamored with the idea of more we're going really fast there's all these opportunities coming our way so we don't take the pause to look at what can we let go of what can we lean out what can we simplify so that we're going all in on the right things and we're scaling in a simple sustainable way.
0: Well, I love that. We could probably stop right there because I think everything you just said, you know, if we could just do that, I think that would that would be amazing. Uh, and I think as you were talking about leaning out, you know, another way I hear this framed up sometimes that I like to think about is in terms of pruning back, right? And so sometimes it's a prol- proliferation of product or service offerings. Um, and sometimes when you're a new entrepreneur, you're like throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? You're like trying to see what's going to stick because um, you don't really know, you love your idea, you love your product or services that you're trying to provide, but w- whether or not the market's really going to value it is yet to be seen. And so you're just kind of doing whatever you can to generate some revenue so you can make payroll and pay your your office expense and you know all of that kind of stuff, right? And over time, though, you should be able to learn what's working, what's not working, and you should then hopefully be willing to cut back on things that just aren't working even if you love the idea even if you think it's the most amazing thing that can be transformative in the future sometimes the timing's just not right sometimes it is a great idea and you need to revisit it in 2 years you know rather than trying to squeeze you know a, a square peg through a round hole right now and so pruning back in terms of product or service offerings uh, can often be, uh, really helpful. Um, but also as you're starting to scale, one of the things I see constantly from a people management perspective is most founding teams or entrepreneurs, they don't have a lot of, ex- you know, they, they have the big idea or they have the technical expertise or whatever. They usually don't have a lot of people management skills or leadership skills per se. They, they go from the stage of being with their, you know, with their founding partners or friends or whatever. Now they're scaling, they're, they're adding more employees and very quickly, they start to realize, oh, my gosh, I'm not quite sure how to do this. I'm not sure what to do. And so then they start creating the policies, the practices, the procedures, the business norms and culture, you know, hopefully in a, in a purposeful kind of strategic way. But what then ends up happening is you start to develop, you know, those systems, those structures that hopefully are helping you achieve more but oftentimes they just start to get layer upon layer upon layer and i also see i see organizations that are going through the maturation process And they can't let go of those policies, practices and procedures that may have made sense when they had 10 people or 20 people. Now they have 100 people or 1000 people like those things don't make sense anymore. So get rid of them and move and like adapt and adjust. Right. And that that's hard. And I think especially for entrepreneurs that are just super passionate and bought, you know, clearly they're bought in. They're going all into their their big idea. Um, It can be hard because you feel so much emotional investment in that product or service or in the team or in whatever, that it's hard to just take a, you know, a, a, an objective look at what is actually necessary. And sometimes something that may have even been necessary or may have been effective or productive in the past, isn't going to be in the future. So coming back to this idea of leaning out of pruning back, I think it, it needs to be part of just the regular exercise of running a team of running a business, whether you're an entrepreneur or any sort of team leader is thinking actively on a consistent basis. What can we lean out? What can we prune back? Um, How can we refocus on what matters most uh, and not allow ourselves to get distracted by all the possibilities um, that we can't do, you know, at least something super, super well.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And I always use this analogy, if you think about an hourglass, where it's wide at the top, it's pinched in the middle, and then it gets wide again at the bottom. The example that you gave, right, in the early days, or even as you're, you're going through a period of, of major growth in your business, you're experimenting, you're trying a lot of different things. So you're at the wide point, you're putting all sorts of new stuff in. The key with scaling is you want to scale at the narrow point. You want to be pulling things out and saying, this works, this doesn't work. Okay, this is the thing we want to double down on and optimize and go all in on. These other things were great, but either they're not aligned with where we're going next, or they didn't give us the results that we really wanted. And you want to be doing that pruning, that leaning out, that simplification. So when you get to the pinch point, when you get to that narrow point in the middle that's when you flip the script and that's what you want to scale and go all in on. And the same is true with team. So I loved everything that you shared about team, but how you manage your business is very different when you go from more of a solopreneur personal productivity approach to a small team approach to teams of teams, to layers of teams of teams. It gets more complex and the way you plan, the way you lean out, the way you approach these things ends up having to scale along with the business business. Um, But so often I just see people not creating the space for the reflection that they need to be able to actually assess, do we keep doing this or do we not keep doing this?
0: Yeah, because you're so, especially, you know, entrepreneurial startup stage, right? You're go, 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 go all the time. And as the company starts to scale, you're go, 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 go. I mean, you really have to be disciplined to make sure that you're taking the time, to focus on the big picture strategic stuff. I mean, that's what the CEO or the executive director or the, the uh, managing principal or whatever the, the the lead is with the organization. That's what they should be doing. They should be making sure they're taking the time to think big picture, strategic, long-term sustainable development and such, but because of the pressure towards immediate and short-term kinds of results and gains, Uh, and because you're just so busy and you're just trying to make sure that you're doing things well, it, it it can get dropped super easily. And I see that happen all the time. Well-intentioned people who want to do those things, but they just don't set aside the time to do it consistently. And if you're not disciplined about it, then guess what? It's not going to happen. Like you just, you're, there's always going to be more things to fill your time. There's always going to be more things for you to do that never goes away. And so, Make sure that you build in time into your schedule consistently to do that self-reflection for you, to, to do that, um, that analysis and that reflection on the organization as a whole and the different you know, product and service offerings, to, to, to do that about your teams. like It just has to be ingrained and embedded into the culture of the organization. When you can do that, then you're able to do those experiences. Experiments, right you're able to iterate you're able to try things and figure out what works because you built in feedback loops of constant uh and regular evaluation and assessment and and understanding your impact of what you're trying to do and and so let's just focus on and be committed to that kind of regular self-reflective organizational assessment kind of a mentality and that will help us a lot now what we've talked about up to this point we've we've Names some of the types of things that often get in the way, but maybe you can share with us from your perspective and your experience what some of those biggest areas of waste and drain are for organizations that you work with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's several. So I actually went in and looked at, because I've spent decades working in these big, large scale Fortune 50 businesses. And for anybody who's familiar with lean or lean manufacturing or lean and software development, there's specific areas of waste that are identified that you look at in a large business. So I looked at how about for small businesses? How about for coaching or consulting or service-based businesses that are largely online? What are their core areas of waste? And I identified 10 that are pretty universal that I see often, but I'd say the number one biggest one that I see is probably no surprise and it's unnecessary complexity. And it just, it makes everything harder to sustain, makes everything more expensive. Um, It just, it causes a lot of havoc in the business when you have unnecessary complexity. And that's just a side effect of growth, especially rapid growth. So you do need to put intentionality around simplifying and leaning things out as you're growing and scaling your business. But beyond that, specifically for the smaller businesses and the very founder, passion fueled founder led businesses that I see quite often, is what I call new versus optimization. So they're enamored with all of the new ideas, right? Those of us who are visionary leaders, we probably have 85 great new ideas before breakfast every morning. (laughs) The challenge is more deciding which ones we're not going to pursue as opposed to which ones we are. But there ends up being such a churn on pursuing new things in the business that there's not a lot of focus on actually optimizing what's already being done and what's being done well. And it ends up causing people to overwork. It ends up causing unnecessary complexity. It causes incomplete work, it causes delays, it causes a lot of the other areas of waste as well. And it's because entrepreneurs tend to like to be in that more create energy, do something new, pursue something new. They don't necessarily like to run things, but you do need to focus on the operational efficiency as well. And you do want to optimize the things that are working in your business because those small changes. That sometimes will give you even bigger results faster than doing something new and bringing something new to the market. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I have so many examples floating to the top of my head as you are describing that. Because again, well-meaning leaders, right? Well-meaning executives. And if they're a creative type or an innovative type, yeah, they're going to be having ideas constantly, uh, which is great. Like that's not a bad thing. But if you're constantly chasing every single idea that you have or every single random opportunity that pops up, it's like squirrel, you know, you're constantly, you're, you're not focused on anything. You're constantly chasing everything and it becomes not only does it increase complexity uh, and all those things you just said, it also is demoralizing. It's it's really demoralizing to people. So those who have been working on your bedrock, you know, products and services, um, those who have been establishing, you know, su- successful, sustainable initiatives and programs and such, um, when you are constantly chasing the new shiny object, uh, and and as a result, just kind of because... It, you know, there are scarce resources pretty much in every organization. When you're chasing after every last little shiny object, that's unproven. um, You don't even know if it's going to work. You don't know if there's even real appetite for it in or out of the business, but you keep chasing all those things. Guess what? You're not investing or reinvesting into those established successful areas, those products or services or programs or initiatives that have already been proven that, you know, work. And to your point about like, impactful gains. If you want to grow, I mean, the best way to do it is to, to focus on those areas that are already working really well, that are proven. Uh, I was working once on an initiative, amazing ROI, amazing, uh, impact on all the assessment metrics and such. And I was so frustrated because, you know, we were doing all this great work. We had a great track record, uh, all of the data to back it up. And I'm like, All we need is like, there's this huge investment that just went into this brand new thing that is completely unproven, could be really cool, but we have no idea if it's going to work. You know, millions put into this thing. I'm like, give us a hundred thousand dollars in our area of reinvestment. And guess what? We will turn that into, you know, tenfold ROI and we can do it, you know, within six months and, and it becomes demoralizing when again and again and again and again, you see that not happening. And then you feel whether it's the intention of the leader or not, you feel undervalued, underappreciated. You feel like what you're doing doesn't actually matter to them because they just want to chase the shiny object. Now, of course, in their minds, in the minds of the leaders, they're not thinking that way. They're not thinking, I don't value you. They're not thinking I'm just chasing shiny objects. They're just being creative and they're in creative mode and they're, and they're trying to, you know, see what might help us into the future. And that's, that can be a good thing, but you have to balance it. Right. And if you don't balance it, uh, then it adds to the layers of complexity. Like you said, It it's demoralizing. It's frustrating to your people in other existing areas, established areas. Uh, and it just creates a whole slew of, of problems. Um, and if, if we want to get more efficient, we want to lean out. We want to uh, we want to focus in on what's working and and, and help uh, us to be more effective and productive in those areas. What would you say are some of the things uh, that we could start doing in most teams right away to help move us along that path? Uh, even if it's just as an experiment to see, you know, can we try some of these things to prune back and see what happens, see if it actually helps?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's it right there is just getting clear to make sure that A, you're working on the right things and B, that you're doing the things that you're doing in the simplest, most efficient and effective way possible. Both of those things right there will really help you get back a bit of time. So if your team is overworking, it lets them, you know, maybe get back to a little bit more of a sustainable pace. Or if they're not overworking, you can redirect that time into something that's actually going to help you scale your business faster. And so I think it starts first with, are we working on the right things? And to me, that's having a really clear vision. That's having really clear direction as to where are we going as a company? What's next long-term and what's next right now? So it's taking both a long-term vision and a shorter term look at what are the goals for the coming 90 days or this year that we really need to be laser focused on. And so I think when you start there, you often find that there's a lot of things that you're focused on within a team that aren't actually in support of where you want to go. And that may not be the most important thing to be doing right now when you look at those more near-term goals. The example you had given earlier, maybe it's something that will be important two years from now, but right now you can free up that space to put that time on something else that's either higher impact, higher value, or just simply more timely. Um, and so i think that that is the very first piece of it but then you want to look at what you're actually doing and look at how can we do this in the simplest most sustainable way a lot of times there's opportunities to systematize things there's opportunities to put automations in place um, there's a lot of one of the areas of waste is underutilized resources where people have a lot of tools and technology that either they aren't using or they're using multiple tools to do the exact same thing and they're adding a lot of duplication and other work. So sometimes it's something as simple as just taking the pause to evaluate what do we have? How are we doing it? What tools, technology, resources are we using to do this? And is there a better way? A question I always love to ask when we do planning, whether it's weekly planning, monthly planning, quarterly planning, yearly planning, is how can we achieve the same or better results in a simpler way? And my team challenges themselves with this. Every single thing that we commit to is, is there a simpler way to get the same or better results? And sometimes if you just take even a few moments to think about that question, you'll realize that there is, there actually is a simpler way.
0: And it's always changing. Right. And that's, you know, I like for this podcast, I'm a one man show. Uh, you know, I I do it all from booking the guests, you know, setting things up and, and, and then doing the interviews and doing all of the editing and getting it all, you know, streamed across the different platforms and published and, and social media. I, I do all of that for this podcast. Now I have a team of people that help with other things I do in my consulting business. Um, but this was just kind of a fun little project that I started doing th- during the pandemic. And it just kind of grew organically over time. And I just kind of always done it myself, um, which is and it's been fun. It's been like this creative outlet and just a fun thing. And there are different tools. And when I started two and a half years ago, you know, I, I explored what types of tools that were out there to help automate a lot of things and do things as efficiently as possible. And I think I tapped into them pretty well. Um, but guess what? things change a lot in two and a half years (laughs) in terms of technologies and automation uh, possibilities and such. And so every now and then you're right. I just have to like take a little bit of time uh, to pause and say, okay, I I've gotten used to using this tool and it's helpful. It's saved me tons of time. Is it still the best thing? And if I take the time and look, Sometimes it is, but maybe there's new features that I didn't realize that I can start to utilize. Or sometimes there really is some new product or software that is going to be better. Uh, Or sometimes there's new things that I always wished existed previously that didn't. And I just wished, oh, this would help so much if I could do this. And it, it really wasn't accessible. But guess what? Now it is. If I will take the time to 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 step back and look, relook at it anew, then I can realize, Oh, there's actually now I can do this and now I can do this and this makes it easier and this makes it easier. And it's, it's an ongoing process. Like that's never going to end, you know, and this is just one little tiny example of me doing this silly little podcast, but um, think about it. You know, you're, you're running, you know, a big business with all these, you know, you know, driving revenue and all these um, great products and services. Yeah. You better have people on your team who are, where you have a culture embedded where people are constantly learning, constantly, you know, nobody's staying stagnant. Everyone's constantly learning. Everyone's constantly trying new things and they're, they're uh, encouraged and even rewarded for trying new things, even when they don't quite work out the way you wanted. because that fast iteration, those little experiments that happen over time will allow you to find the things that work better. Uh, And, and then, you know, lo and behold, you know, six months down the road, even just incremental little, positive increases over time, you're going to see massive improvements in terms of productivity and efficiency gains, uh, which frees you, you know, when you automate more, it frees up more time to do the strategic stuff, the the long-term sustainable stuff that we were talking about earlier that often gets set aside because you just don't feel like you have the time. So let's free up our time by investing in these types of things uh, that will allow us to spend more time doing what matters most. Um, One final comment that I just wanted to make, and I think it's related to everything we've been talking about. You've said sustainability many times throughout this conversation, and I completely agree. Um, there's this really great book called Donut Economics. Um, I don't want to get into everything in that book, but it basically challenges kind of the base assumption that's kind of common in Western capitalistic societies that more is always better. And that's kind of the driving premise of a lot of what we see just in in the way, um, you know, organizations do business. More is always better. Get bigger, more employees, mergers, acquisitions, more revenue, more sales, more product offerings. More is always better, this idea. And sometimes more is better, but sometimes it's not. And if more is not sustainable, then more is not better. And so we have to think about sustainability and we have to think about, um, what matters most? And if, if our product and service offerings proliferate, you know, in massive ways that can drive additional revenue and it will allow you to hire more people and grow your business. If it's not scalable, what ends up happening is you might have that, that period of rapid growth and rapid, um, scaling, but eventually it catches up to you and it's like a house of cards and it all it just takes that that stiff wind to blow it all down uh there's one tech company you know we're a bit of a tech hub here in, in the salt lake city area and there's one tech company that was going through this rapid scaling and you know they'd grown by like 250% in terms of their their employee um their uh th- their employees in the organization over the course of like 2 years a uh, massive rapid growth and then one day you know, this hugely successful unicorn tech company, um, massive growth and scaling. And then one day the the article comes out, they lay off pack their employees. Why did that happen? Right. Again, massive growth can be a great thing, but it obviously wasn't sustainable. And so let's just challenge ourselves and those assumptions a little bit as we move along this path. Well, Krista, it has just been a real great opportunity to chat with you. It's been eye-opening to me, and and I really appreciate you sharing your time, your wisdom, and your experience with me and my audience. Before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. John, thanks so much for having me. I loved our conversation. And for anyone who wants to learn more, you can go to leanoutmethod.com. And if you want to grab the guide that goes through those 10 areas of waste, it's leanoutmethod.com slash waste.
0: Very, very good. Krista, thank you so much. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Krista and her team can do for you. Check out those free resources and other resources that she has available to help you and your organization and your team to lean out, to prune back, and to be more effective, efficient, productive, and innovative. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.
1: Littleton Coin Company is ringing in the holiday season with daily deals. Visit littletoncoin.com for at least 15% off select products now through November 28th. Save on your favorite coins, such as Morgan Silver Dollars, Kennedy Half Dollars, Commemorative Quarters, and much more. But hurry, each day offers a new deal you don't want to miss. Visit us now at littletoncoin.com. That's LittletonCoin.com. Littleton Coin Company, serving collectors since 1945. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it.